Can I get some help here, please? Okay, nurse. What's the situation here? His BP's down to 90 over 50. Pulse rate's over 100. He's clearly agitated. Give him some analgesic to calm him down. Yes, doctor. Keep a close eye on him, and if there's any further deterioration, call me immediately. Can't have Malado here pegging out on us. We wouldn't want that. Though given the bed shortage, it might actually be a blessing in disguise. What did you say? Just talking to myself. Nothing for you to concern yourself about. I'm sorry, but I think it is. You threatened to report me earlier. I think if anyone deserves to be reported to a higher authority, it's you. Never mind a heart bypass, I think you're suffering from a Hippocratic Oath bypass. I'm not going to be lectured to by some agency nurse who has ideas above her station. Yeah, but you're not used to being stood up to by a lowly nurse. Look, we obviously have contrasting ideas about patient care, so let's just agree to differ and get on with our jobs. Fine. As long as you accept that I'm going to be doing everything in my power to preserve the lives of the patients in my care. Knock yourself out. Though why you should put yourself out for Malado here, when you're not even on the regular staff here, and he's not going to change his ways, I know his sort only too well. His sort? He's an individual with a name and a history. And a wife. Yes. Yes, and so have all the other hundreds of patients I have to deal with. If I start getting involved with all their baggage, I wouldn't be able to do my job, my clinical job, properly. Professional detachment, that's what's needed. Now, if you want to play the bleeding heart, be my guest. Just don't expect me to be mopping Mr. Fisher's fevered brow. I'll leave that to you, Florence. It'll be my pleasure. Just think, you might get ill or have an accident one day, and then you might be grateful for some brow mopping from an overworked NHS nurse. Not me, my dear. I signed up with Booper a while back. Takes quite a bite out of the monthly paycheck, but worth every penny, I reckon. I wouldn't want to be treated in a place like this if the need arose. You do know that this region's healthcare trust came out as one of the worst in the country in the last year's audit. <sighs> Molly, help me. I'm not ready to go yet. Molly? Is that his wife? No, she's called Jean. The girl in the bed opposite's called Molly, but I don't see how he could know her name. He's been unconscious, well, or as good as, all the time he's been in here. And she certainly hasn't been up and about. Perhaps it's his daughter. Anyway, I'll leave you to solve that conundrum. Don't go, Molly. I will be better from now on, I promise. But don't leave me alone in the white room, please. He's clearly disorientated. Get some fluids into him and try to keep him quiet. We don't want to put any more strain on his heart. Yes, Dr. Solway. Okay, Keith. Let's get you settled, love. You gave us a bit of a scare there, but I think you'll be fine. Just have plenty of rest and no go getting yourself overexcited. Yes, I will. Right. I've got to see to my other patients, Keith, but I'll be back to check on you as soon as I can, alright? Yes. Like I've been hit by a ten-ton truck. Oh no, that blasted tune again. I can't get it out of my head. The room's going all white again. Molly, help me! Help me! Help me! Help me! Help me! Help me! I'm here, Keith. 
thought you were a goner there for a while. But you don't get away from me that easily. <laughs> we still have work to do. Now, where were we? You were telling me you weren't my confessor and how I need to be a better person. If I'm spared. Which you seem to have been. Yes, it's very important. It might sound corny, but these things matter when you're in that gap between the old stirrup and the ground. Have you done that yourself? Owned up to all your past sins? Oh, yeah. But then I'm a bit further along the beach than you. Beach? Well, I don't see any sand here. I was talking metaphorically. Or do I mean metaphysically? I always get those two mixed up. You're talking double Dutch as far as I'm concerned. Sorry. My mum used to play this song by one of her favourite singers. It always made her cry. It had this really sad last line. God bless the poor ones on that one-way donkey ride. I still don't get it. Well, you know when you were a kid, on holiday, and you went for a ride on the donkeys at the seaside? You'd go so far along the beach, then turn round and come back again. But life's not like that. You're going along, having fun, but you're always headed in one direction until... You fall off for good. Yeah, I see that. But when you're on a donkey ride, you can look ahead. You know what's coming. Doesn't work like that in real life. Otherwise, you'd have seen that pillock coming towards you, swerve the other way, and then you wouldn't be here. Smart ass, ruining my metaphor. Anyway, this beach that we're both on, why are you further along it than me? You can only be about half my age. That's because our beaches are different lengths. I'm nearer the end of mine than you are to yours, probably. Oh, right. So, come on then. What about your sins and misdemeanours? All dealt with, don't worry. Who by? Lady by the name of Alice. Sweet old thing. She had terminal cancer, but she said she was ready to go. Her family were all round her bedside when she was drifting off into her final coma. I'd not long been brought in by the ambulance when we met. She had my scroll ready in her hand. It wasn't as long as yours, but then I've not been around as long as you. So I'm not allowed to be sexist, but you can be ageist. Doesn't seem fair to me. Fair comment. Sorry. Anyway, my list contained a fair few things I'm not proud of looking back. Such as? Or shouldn't I ask? Oh, nothing earth-shattering. No major crimes. Just the usual catalogue of mistakes. Selfishness. Petty dishonesty. Insensitivity. All that sort of thing. But mostly the waste. Opportunities. Money. Time. Tell me about it. I mean, I know we're all supposed to get wiser as we get older. And when you cock something up, you learn from experience. Allegedly. But if you knew you were only going to get a 33-year-long beach, then you'd make damn sure you packed in as much living as you could into that time. But you don't think like that when you're young and reckless. It doesn't seem fair that you have to die with so much life ahead of you. <laughs> Whoever said life was fair, Keith? You of all people should know that. Think of all those poor kids whose driving tests you failed. Was that fair? Yeah, OK. No need to rub it in. So, the moral of the story is, if the medics do their stuff, and it's not your time to pop off yet, then make sure you make the most of whatever time you do have left. How will I know if it is my time to pop off, as you put it? Simple. You'll be given someone else's scroll to read, and then you'll have to do the same for them. What, stand in judgment over them, you mean? My friend, judge not me. 
Thou seest, I judge not thee. What's that? It's the first part of that epitaph. Comes before the stirrup and the ground. I see. So all you have to do is take your subject through their scroll and get them to think about their life. You never know. You might get someone who's been a right villain. A bank robber or a serial killer. No, you're all right. An average sin will do me. Where's your sense of adventure? At least I got you and Madam Sin to give me a laugh. So glad we amused you. I'd have thought, given the damage we caused between us, that that wasn't really a laughing matter. That's what we like to see. A man with a conscience. Very good. You're so sharp you'll cut yourself. <laughs> Pity I wasn't a bit sharper this morning, and then I might have seen that idiot coming towards me a tad sooner and got out of his way. Texting whilst driving. Don't you just love it? Ah, yes. You would not believe some of the things I see on the road when I'm out with my learners. But then, I could have killed somebody when I passed out of the wheel. All because I was too stupid about going to the doctors to find out what was causing my blackouts. Well, you won't make that mistake again. If you're spared. Just need to make sure you realise how badly you treated Jean over the years. Then my job's done. What do you mean, badly treated? She's never wanted for anything. I mean, I know I haven't always exactly been faithful, but they were never serious affairs and I would never have left her. Yes, well, leaving aside your dubious moral standards when it comes to fidelity, what about how you treat her on an everyday basis? I mean, do you ever show her proper affection? Have a meaningful conversation with her? Or surprise her with an unexpected gesture? A bunch of flowers? Or take her out for a meal when it isn't her birthday. OK, OK, I get the message. Good. Molly, are you still there? Oh, that bloody tune's come back. Molly, don't go yet. Don't go yet. Molly, don't go yet. She's gone. Time of death, 1927 hours. Next of kin will need to be informed. Mother's on her way. She lives in Huddersfield, so couldn't make it in time, unfortunately. Wouldn't have made any difference. She never regained consciousness. You really don't have a clue, do you, when it comes to people? Meaning? (sighs) It may not have made any difference to Molly, but it certainly would have to her mother. She'll probably have that on her conscience for the rest of her life. I know I would if she were my daughter and I didn't get there in time. Must be a women's thing. Yes, Doctor. I'm sure you're right. Right. Must get on. If I can leave you to make all the necessary post-mortem arrangements. How's our friend across the way doing? BP, pulse, sats, all stable. I think he should make a full recovery. Physically, anyway. What do you mean? When they couldn't make contact with his wife, the police decided to break into their house, in case she'd had some kind of accident. There was nobody there, but they found an envelope propped up on the mantelpiece with his name on it. The officer in charge decided to open it in case it contained any important information. And did it? Oh, yes. It appears his wife chose today as a day she decided to leave him. Gone off with another man. Fed up with being taken for granted. Marriage dead in the water. It was her last chance of some happiness. All that kind of stuff. I'll have to tell him the glad tidings when he's a bit more compass mentis. You must be getting near the end of your shift. You can leave it someone else to do that. That's where we differ. He's my patient. I owe him a duty of care. 
You won't get paid any extra, you know. Oh, I do know. We're not all wage slaves, fortunately. Well, I'll leave you to it then. It's been a pleasure working with you, Dr. Solway. Hurry back. Nurse! Nurse! I need a bedpan! All right, Mr. Jenkins. Be with you in a minute. Rest in peace, Molly. I'll be back as soon as I can to get you looking nice for when your mum gets here. Molly? Molly, are you still there? Betwixt the stirrup and the ground. Mercy, I asked. Mercy, I found. Borderline was written and directed by Nigel Banks. Nurse Mossop was played by Amy Flight. Dr. David Solway by Matthew Axon. Keith Fisher by Jim Newbury. And Molly by Serena Sykes. All recording and editing was done by Robbie Burgess. And this was an Old Dolly production.